0: okay so hi welcome to behind the hype with me as always is chewy dartho darso i can say your last name good (laughs) lord yes you can (laughs) and jonathan harthristi hello (laughs) i'll be just as nice
1: to both of you oh man I would have missed out. I would have missed out. Uh,
0: yeah, it wouldn't have been right had I, had I not. Um, so I know we had said that this month we are going to be spending time on Taika Waititi, and I was really excited to do that. And then given the current uh, political climate, it no longer kind of felt right. Uh, the more we kind of looked at our slate and what we had coming up and movies that we were watching, we realized that we weren't really doing uh, what a lot of people have sort of said that we should. And they were right. We need to kind of expand our view. We need to take in uh, different filmmakers and expand some, like, explore stories that really aren't in our normal viewing habits. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, so we decided to go with John Singleton, a famed director. He had a, a fantastic career, died very tragically, uh, way too young last year. Uh, and I'd always known him because I'd seen this movie for this week uh, quite a few times when I was in film school because I just loved the hell out of it. Um, but Chewie and John had not. So we're starting things off with his first movie, Boys in the Hood.
2: I definitely had never seen this movie before now. Uh, it kind of strike—it's type Even beyond it being a social situation that I have no relation to, it's also a coming-of-age movie, which I don't normally true go towards yeah much to brian's chagrin is that the right word i think so chagrin yeah distaste brian wants me to like coming of age movies more
1: they're
0: good movies they're always usually not always a lot of them are pretty big like boy movies like even this one's kind of a a boy boy movie
2: movie. yeah (laughs) so so it's two things that i don't go towards uh so definitely while we were watching it i'm like I cannot relate to this, other than the feelings of trying to make something of myself, because I think everyone—that's a universal thing. Yeah. It's but the pressure on the men in this movie is much harder.
0: Yeah, you're talking yeah. about uh, Nick, the wanting to be like a football player. Just sort all of.
2: three of them. Yeah. I would say. I mean, they all have a ton of pressure on them. They're just they'll deal with Come it at, Yeah, they very, all three of them are dealing with it very differently.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, and, John, what about you? Like uh, You had never seen this before either, right? No, and uh, I'm going to admit up front that like, my viewing habits up until recently have not been very um, diverse. Uh, and as a kid, I've always been aware of movies like this because, I mean, you go to a blockbuster or a, a rental shop and you see covers like the Boys in the Hood cover, which I, I remember seeing and just it never came up. And I don't know, one of the chief regrets for me is that I've never given a movie like this a chance, especially after seeing it a couple nights ago and just kind of being blown away. It's a, it's a
0: hell of a movie. Uh, and I don't remember when I saw it. I don't remember if it was like my freshman or my junior year in college. Basically. I don't know if I was in Carbondale or Chicago. Um, but I remember seeing it just the one time and going, Holy shit. I love that movie. And then I just watched it, I want to say, two or three more times before I had to give the movie back to whoever I borrowed it from. And it wasn't because of the story particularly grabbed me, because like we've said before, there's not really a ton that I can relate to, at least beyond the, the overall, arching, overall arching themes that everybody can relate to of wanting to become better and, you know, make something of yourself. Uh, it was just the filmmaking of it. Like, it just kind of had that really raw indie film, almost like clerk sort of vibe of like, These guys just went out and made the best film they possibly could with whatever they could. And it turned out to be something awesome, which was something when I was in film school, I gravitated to every time because I was that film nerd. Uh, And this was just another perfect example of that and telling a very different story than something like
1: Clerks, even though they both take place around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting coming to this movie, having grown up around the... Uh, for lack of a better way to put it, just the the white indie scene. The clerks, mm-hmm. the all that, where it's kind of like disaffected teenagers, but in the safety of <laughs> being white. And just seeing this whole turn on it was... I don't know. I <laughs> If I seem hesitant and, and kind of stuttery, it's because I'm still thinking about it, and I haven't stopped since a couple of days ago.
2: One of the things that...
1: Well, before we start
0: jumping into specifics, let's actually do just a quick breakdown in case... Like some of us, you just have never gotten around to it and you're just listening to it today. Uh, I'll do it as quickly as I can. So uh, Trey, the main character, uh, is a young boy growing up in a very, very rough neighborhood and his mom has basically given him an ultimatum that if he gets in trouble again or if he gets into a fight again, he's going to have to go live with his dad. And he does, and he does. So his dad is going to teach him how to be a man, how to control that temper inside of him and to be a uh, better person. Ironically, the man who's going to teach him how to control his temper is named Furious, but, you know, whatever. Um,
2: it's furious style. That's
0: a badass that name. That is a
2: strong name.
0: Um, so he grows up. He's, uh, he's still in a bad neighborhood in South Central L.A., and he has some friends who've been in and out of jail, but... Uh, But basically, it just kind of takes place in his near-end, last whatever of high school. He's about to graduate. He's taking his SATs, and then his friend Nikki is trying to get to be a football scholarship so he can join the NFL, or maybe the military, he thinks, for a little while. And then their other friend, Doughboy, is a drug dealer. I don't know if it was crack or cocaine or both, but he's... They made reference to the cane. Is it cocaine? Okay, so he is a uh, drug dealer, still hanging out with all of his same friends. But beyond being a drug dealer and uh, a bit of a gangster kind of seems like an all-around nice guy like is always really nice to everybody in the movie except for the guys he's really not to. Yeah. but they, he did they did such a good job making him seem like a friend who's also kind of a scary human being. what right yeah. Sorry, I know that was kind of off-topic from the whole breakdown. Uh, Basically, so you have all these guys, and then basically they they get into an argument at a uh, a party with another gang, I think, or just group. I couldn't really tell. Um, And they kill each other over it. It was a bump in the shoulder. And the one guy who looked to be doing really great, the football kid, gets killed. And then Doughboy gets killed after the movie ends. And it's all... Very sad, and it just kind of crushes you as you watch it.
2: Yeah, I didn't feel good. Nope. I'm not supposed to feel good after watching this movie. No. No.
0: But that's why I kind of like You're even lost steam it. in the breakdown. It's just like it just crushes you.
2: And it resonates even more with the ending kind of monologue
0: Ice Cube's monologue? For, yeah. Holy shit. About
2: him waking up. He never wakes up early in the morning, so he watched the news yeah and it's talking about all this violence in these foreign countries and he's just like do they ever look around themselves i don't i can't quote him exactly right now but he's very a very poignant moment of him dealing with the fact that his brother is dead and he just murdered three other people because of it and it's not even just because that they killed his brother it's because any relationship that he had with his mother seems to also be gone. Yeah. is like, because she blames him for him dying, even though he had nothing to do with it.
0: All he did was defend his brother. His brother yeah. started it. Yeah. Well,
2: the, guy, the other guy started it by shoulder checking him. He did that on purpose. Well,
0: sure, yeah. But had he not reacted and then made Ice Cube step in to defend him, that's how it all escalated.
2: Yeah. It, it escalates, and it's
0: so stupid, and it's just something so stupid.
2: And I guess they they were a antagonist thing earlier because there's one time when Trey is crossing the street and he happens to get in front of their car, and then he has the gun pulled on him, and you just see Cuba just standing there waiting yeah. for them to go away. And you at that moment we don't know who they are, why they're there, why they reacted like that. So I guess they were. They already had tensions.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was a very that was a very intense scene, and just and it also parallels the scene with the other cop when that night of the party, where all that stuff goes down. Just both waiting the at the end of a gun, just
0: crushingly awful to watch. Yeah, the first one you didn't think it could get any worse. Just listening to him talk to Furious like on the front lawn, and just the way that uh, Lawrence Fishburne just decimates him like the whole uh is there something wrong yeah there's something wrong it's just a shame you don't know what it is like it's just oof that was a rough scene and then at the end with the whole pulling a gun on him like good lord and especially with you know current events having that scene i almost almost had to turn it off it's so hard to watch
2: and this was made in 1991 right yeah so this was before the riots yeah. In the 90s. So this accurately depicts the tensions of the time, mm-hmm. which we are currently experiencing now. And it's just incredibly frustrating because I was too young to understand the tensions in L.A., which obviously had broader tensions throughout the country that I was totally unaware of growing up. Yeah. And I've become more aware as I've gotten older and it's all coming to a head now. hmm And I just have so much to learn about, I don't know, it's just like all this anger and hate and spewing where I was always told to trust the police. And these other people have always been told to always be wary of the police. So it's just, it's like at the end when they don't call the cops or call an ambulance or anything, when uh, Ricky gets shot, they take him home. Yeah. Which, to me, goes against every natural instinct I've ever been taught in that situation. It's just like, no, 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 no. You leave him there. You don't move him. You get him help. He might be saved.
0: But, I mean, that's almost... I mean, I'm sure that's part of why that scene's in the beginning with the movie with the... Uh, we had somebody break in our house. I'm sitting here for an hour. Cops didn't show up to South Central.
2: Yeah. So it's just... So yeah. much in this movie happens. I would die in this life. I wouldn't know how to survive.
0: And that's kind of like, a kind of moving just into that, just like how hard it is to just like put yourself in the shoes. And like, for me, it's that scene with Cuba that we were talking about a minute ago. And just just a brief aside, Cuba Gooding Jr. is fucking amazing in this movie.
2: Well, we'll, He's a great actor. We'll, we'll, he is a great actor.
0: We'll get into the actors in a minute. But that scene where just the car stops on him, rolls down a window, and pulls a gun on him. And I'm like, okay, so what I've read about this movie is that John Singleton wrote and directed it based on either events in his life or events on uh, his friends' lives. So him or someone he knows had pretty much everything in this movie or something similar to it happened to them. And I'm like, so this is so commonplace that they can just drop it in the movie and people are like, yep, yeah, that's South Central or Compton that we find out later.
2: And I work with a Latino man who has told me stories of himself growing up, not in South Central but in Los Angeles, the rough zones. Yeah. Uh, and he had a story once about his brother being stabbed on the street with an ice pick so he didn't even realize he'd been stabbed right away uh and they almost didn't take him to the hospital because they didn't realize how bad it was they were going to go find the person who had stabbed him to get revenge oh jeez! but instead they decided to actually go to the hospital he was about to die he was within an hour of dying because he was bleeding out internally good lord and they were still after that they were still worried about Going back and getting retribution, and I'm just like, so I was thinking about that while I was watching this movie. I'm like, this shit is so real, and I don't can't comprehend it. It's so <laughs>
0: real, and it's just like, it's so like viscerally upsetting to know just kind of how sheltered we were. Like it's just so goddamn violent, like yeah. so
1: goddamn violent. And it's not like I wasn't not around. only yeah not only sheltered, but also in an age where the news isn't, isn't daily a daily feed. We got like as a kid, I got so little news and these days the news is everywhere happening immediately within reach seconds from when it happens it's a
2: 24-hour news cycle man yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and it's just c- that coupled with just the directing style it being so powerful and straightforward like none of this feels uh, it feels so natural yeah and, and, and that's what kind of hits the hardest is that, yeah. like, to what you said earlier, no, this all happened. This all happened in one shape, way. This all happened in one form or another.
2: And it's still happening. Yeah,
1: it's still happening. Yeah. As we're being found out all the time. Yeah. Um, and just
0: just on the directing of it, like, because I'm not sure if you've ever watched the interview with John Singleton. I actually really like John Singleton. I, I really kind of got into him after he did it, Fast and the Furious movie. Ashamed why I became a fan, but still, <laughs> I like John Singleton. Um,. But I watched him do an interview about this movie once, and he was he's just kind of so sweet about it. He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I just kind of, I had no idea what I was doing. So people were like, <laughs> he made such a visceral film. He's like, I got really lucky. <laughs> well,
2: uh, he says he doesn't know what he was doing. But clearly
0: but he, he did.
2: Clearly his goal was to capture something.
0: Yeah. And he, whether
2: or not he knew exactly what he was doing, he still... Was able to capture it.
0: it. That's just fucking natural talent, right? Yeah. There. Like, that, and it's not like he didn't have a bad career after that. I mean, he had some movies that are kind of, but whatever. A lot of
2: directors. I mean, did. I always was aware of this movie. Yeah. It's not. It's a movie that is definitely not gone anywhere. Yeah. And he was. He said it's in the National Library now. Yeah,
0: Library of Congress. Yep. Yeah. Because it's cultural significance. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I mean, yeah, he was up for best screenwriter and best director for this movie. Like he he definitely made a huge impact with the first film super impressive. Um, let's kind of talk about the actors in this too cuz the the other it's not just John Singleton who just exploded onto the scene with this movie. This was also the real introduction of Cuba and Ice Cube as actors.
2: And also, I mean, he's not as much of a film actor, but uh,
1: the guy who played uh, Rick Hold uh, on.
2: Uh, Morris Chestnut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's it's a rose is it rosewood? His TV show.
1: That Rosewood was a movie. Rosewood was a movie. Um, I just recently saw Morris Chestnut in uh, Goliath Season 2 on Amazon oh, okay. playing a, a, a vicious lawyer. And it was like, oh, he's, he, was, he was cool in it. He was very cool and oh, nice. collected and suave. And...
2: But he's very much active in television. I mean, he no. still is making movies as well. He just isn't as much of a household name, but he's still a prolific actor. I mean,
0: all three of these guys went on to have fantastic careers
2: this movie also had Regina King in it yeah which was fun seeing her play that role yeah, I, like didn't see, I haven't seen much re, young Regina King yeah
0: um but I gotta say for like a, a debut performance especially because Ice Cube wasn't unknown before this he obviously no. had a, he had quite a following he had quite a fan base he
2: was uh, a musician
0: yeah um he did the song for the end of the movie um Seeing him do a movie like this, especially at that time, like, I, I kind of wish I was a little bit older to experience it. Just because this isn't the sort of guy that you would expect to deliver not just a good performance, because throughout the, re- the majority of the movie, you're like, he's filling his role. He's playing a gangster guy, and he's doing a pretty good job of that. He seems charming. I'd be buddies with him. <laughs> and then by the end of that movie, when he has that speech, it's like, oh, shit, he can act. He
2: can definitely act.
0: He doesn't do it very often, like you can tell that he kind of does it when he wants to, and he has a good time with it. But when he, when he has something he actually wants to do with a role, Ice Cube can fucking act.
2: He's and a t- multi-talented man.
0: He really is. He impressed the hell out of me with this movie back when I first saw it, and every time I've seen it since. <laughs> and it's like this movie and Three Kings. Like every time someone's like, "Wow, ah, Ice Cube, I'm like, nope, he can act." Yeah, can no, I've got two trans- examples guaranteed. And there's a lot more, but those two, perfect. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen whenever he was on, just because it, in, the intensity that he brought to it. The like, I don't know. Like, it's cheesy to say the on- honesty, but man, this guy was going like to eleven. Yeah,
0: and and but it's also because he's acting out a life that he knew. He's from these areas. Yeah, he lived this stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> so like it was. It was an easy transition for him, but that also speaks volumes because that does take a lot to be that honest.
1: Yeah, and it, it's something that, as, as a, a white movie watcher over the years, with disaffected like like the Clerks type movies, the all those where you kind of just being jaded, being uh, sarcastic, and all that, just kind of getting into that vibe of things to be confronted with honesty to this level. I'm finding that I wish I had had that as an experience just watching movies like this that were honest and cared <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better word for lack of a better way to put it just and especially with his performance I don't know it hit me probably the hardest out of anything any performance I've seen in a while
0: yeah it's for me it's that and then it's the it's him and Lawrence Fishburne that just kind of bring this movie to whatever Astronomical level it sits at, in my opinion. I love Cuba and I think he's great, but there's that speech about gentrification from Lawrence Fishburne that, like, oh, that thing has stuck with me my entire life. And it's just such, like, it's just, it's kind of a nice scene. It's almost like a, it's almost kind of weirdly sweet in a way because he brings a neighborhood together, even if it's just for like that one minute of like clearly these old guys hate the young guys. Well, that's just, uh, but I'm just anywhere. Saying, but still, yeah, that's anywhere. But still, in this one thing, his message is a message of unity and actually saving their neighborhoods. And they see eye to eye, even if it's just for one second. And it's this kind of weird, like, everything he's saying is spot on. And he just grabbed the perfect audience. It's such a, such
1: unbelievably well-crafted scene. It's just, like, perfect. I love the hell out of it. And his delivery, it's like the... the faint glimmer of hope (laughs) that i don't know when you get these things these these heavy emotions and these powerful emotions in a movie like that this that his scene about the gentrification is one of them just i was sitting there like what my mouth mouth agape just it's possible (laughs) there is hope i got kind of emotional during that oh yeah I, just, I love it when the,
0: the older guy tries to tries throw it in his face of like... the But they're slinging drugs. He's like, where do you think they got the drugs?
2: Other people bringing it in. Yep. Yeah.
0: He's like, these guys right. didn't make them.
2: It's... Yeah. And it does feel like a complete setup with gun shops and yep. liquor shops. Those are two volatile things that make themselves extra volatile when combined. hmm And... I was going to say, there's so much detail in this film. And one detail that really struck with me... Uh, is the presence of the helicopters? Yeah, they don't ever show the helicopter. At least, not that I remember.
0: No, but you might see a searchlight every hear now and then, but
2: you hear it, and every time it's above you, above them, you uh, see them cringe. It's like they're yeah. clear. It's like they're being oppressed from the skies. Like someone's always watching them, ready. To destroy them it's what it, it's like you could see it on their body language where they're always on edge and it's made worse every time they hear a helicopter
0: it's one of those things where if you have the ability to watch this with surround sound or in a theater how i got to see it once it is so like
2: it's like when in it's hor-
0: amazingly well done it's
2: like in horror movies when they kind of just throw in the hum of bees yeah in this it's the hum of helicopters and it's just like you're afraid to go outside
0: yeah and it's kind of like it's a it's a mixture of like they're being oppressed at all times and it's another there's violence at all times
2: yeah because it's like because the helicopter is either looking for that violence or gonna incite the violence
0: yeah yeah no like this i I don't think i can say enough times like every time i kind of go back to i'm like the filmmaking on this movie is so goddamn on point yeah the other thing this movie does that i i really kind of appreciate it um is the whole having him live with his dad and still having his mom be in his life. Like, I liked the the divorced parent uh, approach that they had because it seemed like it was really... Um, it seemed, like, respectful. Like, and kind of, like, they had very good, like, mutual agreements about time until, like, right at this moment in the movie. Uh, and I liked that they kind of showed... Especially in a movie like this, where there's so many problems and life can be so difficult. I like that they show that there can be easily maintained divorces with uh, um, child care. And I thought they actually kind of showed it in a rather healthy way of like, he sees his dad all the time, he has a good relationship with his dad, and he has friends at his dad's house and he loves his mom. And then he flips and it's just the same thing. Like, he's able to stay with his dad, but his mom wants to move back because of course she does. But, like, I, it never felt like there was too much animosity. And I thought that was really kind of cool in a way. And it wasn't even something that I'd seen portrayed in many movies. Usually yeah. the divorced parents hate each other. And this one just seemed more like they had a disagreement about how far along Trey had grown as a man.
2: Yeah. Like, when you see... It is frustrating to see the mother again when you go to the cafe or wherever they are. mm mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely is some animosity because she went off. She got her degree. She' doing well. Yeah. Her the apartment they show her in looks quite nice. Uh, the restaurant, cafe, whatever she meets up with Furious at, is, I think there's all white people around them, and it was very pink and soft and cutesy. Um, and yeah. she.
0: But that's—I mean, yes, there was animosity. But that's why I say like it wasn't until now. Like it seemed yeah. like they had been able to maintain a pretty healthy relationship. Yeah. For the majority of Trey's life, for which is ma- nice.
2: It was nice, or is. Um, it's just it was felt bad. I felt bad watching that scene because it's like she's clearly a woman who wanted to do better, mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like. She decided the only way she could do that was to not be a full-time mom. Yeah. uh, Which is flipping it on its head a little. And that's upsetting. Uh, And then she wants to have the relationship with her son that she's always wanted, but he's a man now. Yeah. He's like 18 years old at this point. Yeah. And he ain't going to move back. He's going to go to college.
0: (laughs) No way. He was never going to move back. And that was kind of like the... The, when Lawrence Fishburne, or Furious took it too far. And he's like the, you missed. Ugh.
2: He's putting her in her spot there, and then she tries to put him in his spot.
0: I think again. she did a pretty good job. The,
2: yeah, they both put each other in their spots. Yeah, And it's just, I don't think they were as nice to each other after that. I don't know.
0: I think they were. Because I think they're both like, the way I took that scene, and maybe I'm just being too optimistic here, but the way I took it was the, we did the best we could
2: yeah okay Trey t- turned out well
0: he did he almost he he flirted with not turning out well but he came to his senses
2: in those situations I'm like I under I understood all of his emotions oh my god but yeah the having to sit yourself back down and be like I can't act on this mm-hmm. like that was a when he asked to be let when he got into the car and then he's asked to get out of the car and my stress level was just going up because I was starting to feel like a mother, where it's just like, you're covered in somebody else's blood. How far away from home are you? Is anyone going to see you? What's going to happen? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, don't, don't, don't go. Don't go. But I, I probably would have, you know, I can't say I wouldn't have, but don't. Oh, you're doing it. Like, along the way, like, in my head, I was just like, talking to Trey. I was like, come on, do like, don't stop, leave. But oh, it was your friend. He was important and. I just, yeah, I was yeah. running the gamut of emotions.
0: <laughs> and I just, I, I love, it's just so, again, talking about the script and this, uh, the filmmaking of it, it's so well done that Lawrence Fishburne, Furious, has that wonderful moment with him. He's like, oh, you're going to shoot somebody? Shoot me. Shoot me. You bad now? Shoot me. And it's just it's fucking great. But he he talks him down. Uh, he's upset. He goes into his room. But he didn't come up to this decision on his own. And this is a moment where he has to decide it on his own. It is one of those things where it's like no one can talk you into this you need to decide and he hadn't decided yet
2: he in that moment he's deciding the trajectory of the rest of his life
0: yeah and he hadn't made up his mind yet he knew his dad was right and he got him for a second but he's still angry and of course he's still angry How he could should you not be, be? Yeah. yeah so like i just i love that like it's just such a it's such a good character moment of my dad is right but fuck it
2: because everything's right too on yep. a primal level. On a
0: prime,
1: absolutely on a primal level. Like it's just so beyond fucked up. Ugh. Um And then the movie doesn't let us off the hook either, which I, I appreciate. We get to go see it happen. Yeah. We we take Trey's place, which and we we see Doughboy finally get get his revenge and just we feel it, everything he's saying at the end of the movie because we saw it. We saw him do it. We were there with him. We were. Him,
2: But is it even worth it?
1: That's what he says at the end. Yeah. No. He even says it's not
0: worth it. Yeah. Not specifically, but he basically says, like, what's the point? Someone's gonna get me And
2: then someone Some did. And
0: then someone did. Like, Doughboy is such a tragic character just throughout. Like, from the beginning of the movie, everyone's written him off. Nobody has faith in Dobo Doughboy. From frame one.
2: Yeah. It's like even the situation they got him sent to Juvie. He tried to stand up for his brother to get the ball back. He got the shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. And then his brother does get the ball back, but it's not because of anything he did. It's because the other dude felt bad. Yep. Uh, and then he wants to take control in some fashion. So he decides to go to the store to steal something. Because, I mean, that is one thing with kleptos or just people that steal other than materialism it has a lot to do with control yeah and then he got sent to juvie
0: and it's just like the the whole thing like it's just i'm glad that the main character of this movie is trey because if the main character was doughboy i'd just be a fucking wreck throughout the damn
1: movie
0: um but that again speaks to the credit of how good ice cube was like if he wasn't as good in this role, I'm not sure if we would have felt all of these things that we feel. Like we feel that like it's he's a sad character that he's not the villain who murders the most people in the movie. Like he's not this horrible guy. We feel for Doughboy. We we want we want him to be okay. And it's like he, he's by far the most violent person in the movie. Like Ice Cube did such a good job. Yeah. It's impressive.
2: Ricky as
0: hell. is
2: the least violent one and he's he's the one that gets murdered
0: yep and it's one of those things where it gets kind of sad watching a movie like this in 2020 because it will never be as effective as it might have been in 1991 because we've seen that character get killed like that so many times because this plot point has been ripped off time and time and time and time again Um, so you sit down to watch it and it's pretty much like oh look at him he's going to get a scholarship and go to the NFL I know what movie I'm watching this is going to suck
2: <coughs> and it did.
0: And it did. Which speaks to the movie's credit that even though we know it's coming from the very beginning, it still hits like a ton of bricks.
2: Because it's. Because he wasn't paying attention. Yep. He was scratching off the thing to see if he won any money.
0: Yep. Because he didn't take it serious. It's like, ah, they drive away. Oh. Ah, <sighs> man.
2: And just like in a horror movie, don't separate
0: don't separate but yeah so I don't really have much else to say about this movie uh, that was kind of all the points that I really want to make sure we hit was there anything that you guys missed that you want to talk about
1: uh, no we, I, I had the same points that I wanted to address that you did so
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, let, let's do uh, let's do favorite parts for
0: this thing I know it's kind of tough but uh, it's a great movie and it has great parts so what's your
1: favorite part
2: uh, when Ricky's laughing at him for being a virgin,
1: <laughs> I just think that's a good. I thought
2: I loved the car scene. Honestly, it was great. Is this honestly? I enjoyed watching two men, you know, people, two guys becoming men, uh, talking truthfully about their sexual encounters. Uh, coming up after him saying, "I've never lied to my dad before." The one thing he's going to lie to his dad about <laughs> is whether or not he's getting anything uh elaborate lie elaborate hey,
0: you're stepping on my
1: favorite part <laughs> oh, yeah. oh okay i'm gonna have to uh, find a f- different favorite part too apparently but damn. it's just
2: like when he's telling ricky to leave lay, lay off him leave him alone i was afraid <laughs> i want to be a dad and there's ricky he already dad he's already
0: a dad <laughs> uh no my, my favorite part has to be the lie like it's just one of those things where it's just so damn funny and it's just in a movie that doesn't make you laugh a lot, it's really nice to have a really good funny moment. And
2: uh, it's such an elaborate lie. It's such an, but an but clearly a lie. His, her auntie grabs a cleaver and goes up the stairs after it. such a good shot. <laughs> it's
1: such a good shot. Oh, it's a great shot. And all their banter before that whole lie was yeah. great. Uh, mm-hmm. I,
2: I think just... I'm pretty positive his dad knew he was lying.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Parents know when their kids lie. <laughs>
1: thing. Uh well, since you you took my favorite scene, I have another one in the uh in the lineup here. Uh it's when the mother calls and uh he's trying to Trey is trying to talk to his girlfriend and try to get her to remove her clothes or something. And the mother's like, "It's still your mother." <laughs> but when he answers the phone, he's like, "What is it? Who dis <laughs> Who are uh, who dis Yeah. And then when he hands it to his dad, his dad's also like, who dis? I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's like father, like son. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a great comedic moment that isn't as like big as the other moments. But still, I, I got a good, a good chuckle out of that. Yeah.
0: It's a good moment. <laughs> so next week, uh, just really quickly, uh, we will be doing Poetic Justice. I'm just moving right along with his movies. This one I have not seen. Uh, I know Janet Jackson's in it and that's about it so I am and looking forward to also seeing it. That's all I know about
2: yeah. it. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I only know that because I looked at the IMDB of his filmography.
2: And her name is Justice. I, right? I didn't, I didn't even know movie, that. I, so think.
1: I know nothing about it beyond Janet
0: Jackson is in it. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the month, uh, which I know is not really the month anymore because we're off by a week but we'll do four weeks. It's our month. Um, we will be doing uh, a mix of any of the following. It would either be Rosewood, Shaft, Baby Boy, I think think we're gonna skip too fast too furious at least there's a full episode i might still watch it just for a way of they've been doing um and yeah. then maybe four brothers because i heard that one was really good too
1: i was yes. a projectionist when that movie came out for brothers so i've oh, seen yeah. it a lot of times <laughs> like every day for so a that while and might have to be one of the ones that we do then just yeah
2: make him see it again
0: yeah uh john will be our resident expert uh so yeah quick round of plugs uh be sure to check out everything else on at ATHpod.com. Uh, corona Cartoons is now officially Casual Cartoons. Uh, thank you, Chewy, for the name. Mm. Uh, I just got a little tired of uh, talking about Corona every week, and I still want to talk about cartoons until we start up
1: the Frisky Dingo show. So uh, I'm going to keep doing it, and we just changed the title, and that's about it. Uh, John, what are you plugging? Demon Days, an actual play podcast. We are still going, even though you know we're recording online, and we're still having a good time. Chewy, anything to plug?
2: Superstore will be coming back later this year.
0: Cool, I look forward to it Beautiful. for multiple reasons.
2: Don't die of anticipation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, no, that's everything, right?
2: That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah I think so. Okay.
0: Uh, then I will
1: say
2: bye. 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 Bye.